this is an amazing passage. It tells us about the faithfulness of God, which is not dependent upon me. And I'm so thankful that God's faithfulness is not dependent on my faithfulness. Because if it was, God wouldn't be faithful to me. It says if we are faithless, and I've been faithless in my life. I've had different levels of faith. There's been times I just had no faith for maybe a situation. I just didn't, I just ha- I didn't have the faith that God was going to do it. If we're faithless, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 2.13, He remains faithful because He cannot deny Himself. The word deny there means to disown or deny. It also, I like the word disavow. He can't disavow. He can't deny. He can't be negative against His own faithfulness. No matter what, God is faithful. Psalms 146. The whole psalm is really, really good. Not that there are part, bad parts of the Bible, but, but Psalm 146 is, is good. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Verse 1, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. There we go. Verse 5, though, says this. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. It's important for us to keep remembering that. God is really big. He's really big. He really is awesome. The Lord who remains faithful forever. Verse 6. The Lord who remains faithful forever. God is faithful and we can expect Him to be faithful. You know, hold Him to His Word. He will be faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's so many here. You know, we can expect to be completely forgiven. He's faithful, and we can expect to be completely forgiven. Some of you need to let that sink in. And some of you need to choose to believe that right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would break through all the hindrances right now that are stopping people from believing this word that I'm about to say. You can expect to be completely forgiven this morning. Hebrews 8.12 Now forgiveness is in Jesus Christ. It's not forgiveness in me. It's not because you went to confession and the priest said that you're forgiven. Not because we do penance. Forgiveness is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. When you go to Him and say, God, I am sorry that I sinned. What I did was wrong. What you say is true. Now that's, that's the prayer of repentance and forgiveness. It's not just saying sorry. Well, you know, 
we teach our kids that. You know, say sorry, sorry. <laughs> Some of us go to God and say, God, sorry. We knew, somewhere down deep, we know we need to do that. Sorry, God. God, what I did was wrong. Forgive me. The Bible says, Hebrews 8, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. No more. We can take that to the bank. This morning, some of you need to really receive that. You can expect to be forgiven. Just go over a couple of chapters to ten. Again, quoting an Old Testament passage, and he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so as I have removed their sins from them. Now, you know, this is a few thousand years ago that that was spoken. I don't think we had a proper understanding of North Pole and South Pole. God put it in the hearts of man not to say as far as the north is from the south. They could have said that and that would have been pretty good for them too. As far as the north is from the south. Because they just go, the world is flat. Yeah, it just goes on. You know, it's that old joke. Of, you know, you say, if I go um, one mile south, two miles to the east, and one mile north, and I'm in the same spot I started at, where am I at? The answer is you're at the North Pole. Because when you're at the North Pole, the only place direction you can go is south. That can be that can be measured. East and west, there's no measurement. He's, it's over. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus, thank you for forgiving our sin. Thank you, God. He remembers it no more. When you go to Him and say, God. I did it again. His response, whether he says, and he said this to me once, did what again? Well, I know what you did, but I choose to remember your sin no more. I wish we could be more like that. I wish Shannon could be more like that. I wish I could be more like that with Shannon. Because you know, I keep doing the same things to hack her off. We've all been there, right? Oh, man. You know, you know, I forgive you. I really forgive you. They do it again and we throw everything back in there. God remembers your sin no more. You might have to tell yourself that over and over and over and over and over and over. Expect to be forgiven. And as you expect to be forgiven, you will begin to walk in new freedom in Jesus Christ. You'll be able to begin to do things for Him and in Him that you've never dreamed of doing because you're going to get truly free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. When you don't forgive yourself, you are caught in bondage. You are trapped in bondage and the devil is having his way. Again, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking that because you're in this bondage, you're not saved because you didn't think God could really forgive and you haven't forgiven yourself. But you're just believing the enemy's lie. Be free in Jesus' name. Walk in freedom. 
Walk in freedom. You know what being in freedom doesn't mean though? That what you did was okay. It's just saying, I am forgiven for that wretchedness that I did. And here's what, sadly, what we do as humans, rather than that, what we do is, what I did wasn't really that bad. We will minimize sometimes our sin so we feel better about it. Let's go the opposite. Let's maximize that sin and say, what I did was horrible. Own up to it. That was bad. But I'm forgiven from it. I'm going to walk in freedom because he cut it off. He shouldn't have, but he did. He shouldn't have. He, he should hold that against me forever because that was, it was so bad. It's enough to send me to hell. Every sin we've ever committed is enough to send me to hell. God shouldn't forgive us from it. But he chooses to freely, freely forgive us if we repent. Are we good? Let's in the morning, if it's one of you, you're going to have to get up in the morning and say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. We need to go to this one. We can expect God to be true and believable. Well, duh, Pastor. Now, we can truly expect God to be true and believable. Romans 3 4. Hallelujah. Woo. Just feel like I got a download. You know, you're working on your computer and all of a sudden something pops up and says, you know, updates are ready to be installed. Get a little download. Didn't even try to. Well, if you work on your computer, you get that stuff. I just feel like it's God did. He just downloaded something. You know why God's doing this this morning? Because we need to prepare our hearts. We need to be forgiven. We need to walk in forgiveness. We walk in the power and victory that God has for us so that then He can begin to pour out His Spirit the way He wants to. We can't walk in that if we're, we're in bondage. Romans 3, 4. Indeed, King, New King James Version, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. When people come up and state anything to you that's outside and contrary to the Word of God, you don't have to tell them this, but in your mind you can say, you're a liar. God is true. <gasps> that's pretty harsh. Yeah, but sometimes we have to be harsh because if we play patty cake with the enemy, and I'm not saying people with the enemy, but when they line up and start quoting things contrary to the Word of God, they're, they're agreeing with the devil. So in our hearts, we need to say, you know what? You're lying. God is true, and this is what God says about my situation. Begin to line up with truth. Stop believing the lie. Let God be true, and every man a liar, if it's contrary to what the Word of God says. No matter what they say. If I stand up here and preach anything outside of what the Word of God says, let me be a liar. But let God be true. And if we hold fast to that, church, we're going to be okay. We can expect God to be true. James 1.17 Back just a little past Hebrews. Boy, it seems really quiet in here this morning. It's also getting warm. Is it getting warm? Let's get a little coolness in here. I, if we... It, no? Okay. Maybe just a door, something. Maybe a door, something. Either that or just start preaching about hell and let you feel the fires of hell. James 1.17 Every good gift, every perfect gift, 
is from above and comes down from the Father of heavenly nights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's true. He's believable. He doesn't change. You know, one of the things that hacks me off, and now I'm going to ruin this for you guys. There's a lot of things that hack me off. People coming up to me and saying, God told me to blah, 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 blah. And, 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 not, and then a week later, they come up and say, God told me to blah, blah, blah. And it's the exact opposite of what God told them to do last week. I go, wait a second. You're not listening. You're listening. One of these is wrong or both of them are wrong. God didn't change his mind. Well, I mean, of course you go, God told me to go to the store today and the next we have to... But when you, you change the whole focus of your life or something like that and you, and you put the stamp of God said... And here's the other thing that really is, is a bummer for pastors. When you say God said, that's the trump card. What am I going to say about that? No. I'm no more than God. That's a trump card. I can't even, I can't even speak to that now. And, 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 and if you're insecure... Boy, I'm going off. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. If you come up, come up to somebody and said, what do you think? Should I do this or not? God told me I should go. What am I going to say? Don't go. You just told me God said. And now you're asking my opinion? The only thing I can say is, are you sure that that's God? Are you sure that that's God? Now, we're not going to have a good relationship because now I'm questioning you. But we need to... Is that God? Did God really say? If it's God, take it to the bank. But if it's just something you really want, don't put the thing God on it. God said. Because as you do that, you're also a bad witness to people around you. God told me to go there. Well, not, what do they get? Man, God is fickle. God's not a fickle God. He doesn't change. He's believable. He's true. Now, does everything work out perfectly the way we think it's going to? No, there's a lot of things that can hinder the plan of God in our life. We, we have the ability to walk outside because God is sovereign and he gives, He's given us free will. So we can, we can alter things and He's going to say, man, that's not my perfect plan for you. But I'm going to do everything in my power to get you right back to what God has for you. God is believable. Titus 1.2 Titus 1-2. I love this. This the simple part here. It said, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying this out of context, but I'm going to, it is a parenthesis in here, because it's talking about it. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God, comma, which means God, comma, who cannot lie, promised before time began. God, who cannot lie. He cannot. If we're faithless, He's faithful. If we're a liar, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. God cannot lie. We can expect Him to be true and faithful. And if you're finding in your life... Now, I want to back up and I want to encourage you and help you because I think I just hurt some of you. That's never my goal. Shake us up maybe, but not hurt. If you're finding truly that you think God told you to do this and then the next week He tells you to do this and you really believe it's God, you need encouragement and help to hear the voice of God. You're not bad. If you really believe that, then we need to help you to discern 
the voice of God more fully. You know, the Bible says that He's given elders in the church to counsel and the older people in the church to help the younger. You know, He's got it set up. We've been talking a lot about not being independent. Sadly, I find the majority of people who one week say God says this and the next week God says this, the majority of people who do that have an independent spirit. They're not submitted. Oh, submission. We've, we've gotten rid of that word in the United States. We don't like submission to anything. You're not submitted to the things of God and to the authority that God has placed in your life. And I say that very carefully because I'm... And you can ask Shannon, is this true? I, I, I sit home and I freak out sometimes because I, I realize more and more that God has placed me, is placing me in a, in a level and a place of authority over people's lives. And it, it's big. That's why I surround myself with godly men and when we have a council of elders. This is, because this is serious. Because God has a way of authority we're supposed to submit to each other. I'm submitted to people. If I'm not, they need to come and kick my rear end. Get me back in submitting to one another. But we're also supposed to be submitting to the leadership that God has placed us under. God has got us in families. God has got us in, in, in a place of, of that. So back in it. God who cannot lie. If that's you, we want to help. We want to help you discern. Because I believe the enemy... Listen, if, if you're a believer... Do you think the enemy is going to come and say, ha, 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 I'm the devil. I want you to go do that. Because <laughs> if you're a believer, you're going to say, I'm not going to go do that. The devil is going to come in and sound just like God. And he's actually going to sometimes tell you to do things that might sound really good. He's going to try to get you off track. But probably he's going to have you running. He's not going to have you at peace. He's going to have you running and under pressure. And oh, I feel like I'm supposed to. Now I'm supposed to do this. And I get this. And man, you know, the fruit of the spirit is not pressure. It's not confusion. It's peace. Okay. So we need to get back to who are we? Who are we listening to? I, I wish it was easy as you know. God, you know, we hear from God and we can go to a certain chapter in the Bible and says, and there it is. Yes, He told me to do that. Oh, good. I, I mean, I wish I wish it was that easy. We just go to a scripture and it says, yes, do that. It's not always. So we need to learn to discern. Hallelujah. Let's get off of that one. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 22. 2 Corinthians. Let's see if I like it here As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken to us, to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. We can expect God to be true and, and we can also expect God and expect our salvation to be firm and secure. He has put His Holy Spirit in it. It's a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 
Now, there is a debate of whether or not you can lose your salvation. And we, we could be divided in this room, and that's okay. I don't mean divided and mean. And, but we might have someone who says, you absolutely cannot lose your salvation. You absolutely can lose your salvation. And, and I, when I read the Scriptures, I can find hints going both ways, but I will guarantee you the Scripture teaches us that you can't flippantly lose your salvation. Your salvation is secure in Him. You can't do something to lose your salvation. I'll guarantee it. Now, is it possible that you could give up your salvation and purposely walk away from it? Let's leave that for another day. Because I want to stay here. You are firmly seated with Christ. The Bible says, I have not lost any of them that you've put in my care. Your salvation is firm. You didn't go out to Chad's last night, and I know you didn't, and lose your salvation and had to come back here this morning and find it again. Oh man, I went out last night. I lost, I lost my keys, I lost my wallet, and I lost my salvation in the same night. <laughs> Our salvation is secure if it was ever secure. This is truth. This is the Bible teaches. If you were ever saved, you're saved. Now, I can't guarantee that you were ever saved. Only God can. I can't judge salvation. There's probably some people around who think they're saved because somebody said, all you have to do to be saved is say this prayer. God, forgive me. Come into my heart. Amen. Wow, you're saved. I actually went out street witnessing with a guy. I don't know if Ed was with me. We were doing the church down in Colton that you guys were kind of connected with loosely. Um, and this was years ago. And we're out street witnessing and sharing. And this zealous guy, man, he walked up, went up to a couple of guys to share, should give him a track and share our faith. This guy, this, these guys were not receptive at all. They, you know, these are the guys who go, man, have a great day and you move on. Don't cast your pearls before swine. They did not want anything to do with the truth. They didn't want anything to do with Jesus. And the guy said, just listen, give me 30 seconds. Just repeat this prayer, okay? Just repeat this prayer. He kept pushing him. Dear Jesus, forgive me my sin. Forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Praise the Lord. You're saved. And he, and he led him in the sinner's prayer and he walked away and went, he just could have sealed their fate to go to hell. Because if those guys walk away and go, man, I'm saved, they'll never know God in the first place. But if you are saved, if you were saved, your salvation is secure. Unless you say, I don't want this salvation. That's what we're talking about. You are firmly seated with Christ. You can expect your salvation to be firm. Man, why is that important? Because the devil will come in and say, oh, you're not saved. And then you're going to spend time going, I don't know if I'm saved. The devil wants you to be in that place. God wants you to walk in victory. God wants you to walk in freedom. God wants you to walk in power. We can expect that. That's the truth. That's from the Word of God. He wants us to live higher than we live. I only have about two or three hours left, so... <sighs> Let's order in. Someone, you know, make a call. Let's get some pizza going. I'm going to do a couple quick. We're going to, we're going to close. I don't want to close. This is, this is so important. Maybe just to continue. But, but let's go to Ephesians 6.10. There's just so much. 
You know, maybe it's just because you know you start reading the Bible and you start looking at it a little different. You go, man, wow. You mean you mean that's for me too? Oh, I, you mean that's for me? That's for me? There's a lot in this book that's for you. There's a lot in this book that's for me. There's a lot. There's a lot. This is this is amazing. Sometimes I say things and you 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 hear it totally different than I meant. I can tell because of laughter. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might, we can expect to have God's mighty power in our life. Let's go on. This is just, we just finished with this. this is just an awesome, awesome passages. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now listen. If there is something in the Bible that says that you may be able to stand against the devil's wiles you can expect that you can stand against the devil's wiles. Does this make sense? Would, if God is true, and everything God says is true, and He said, do this so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, He's not going to be like one of these people who says, hey, you know, if you like go up to the top of the house with a set of skis and ski down it and jump at the last second, you can grab onto that branch and then swing around. And you know, some guys have done that to each other. It's not true. But when God says, "Do this so that you may be able to," anything He says, "You may be able to," you can. Now there might be an if. You might have to do something in order. But that means that the, you can stand against the tricks of the enemy. If you're in your life and you're battling all the time, well, man, I just can't, I can't do this against the enemy. has got a hold on me. You need to tell yourself you can expect to stand up against the power and the wiles and the tricks of the devil. But God, go to rest part. <laughs> what do I need to do? Put on the whole armor of God. You don't get to just do it because you want to. There are some things you can expect only if you follow what the Bible says. Acts 1.8 says that we can expect to receive power. We can expect to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Who needs more power in their life? You know, I, I need more power in my life. I, I, I want I want to have I want God to be like Tim the Tool Man in my life. Arr, 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 more power. I want Him to give me more power. We can expect it. Romans two eleven says that there's no favoritism in God. There's no favoritism. That means He's not going to give somebody more power than He was willing to give me. Now He might have a special gift, a special anointing, a special time, but He's not going to say. Oh, you're my bad son. I'm not going to give you these things. He said, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority over the enemy. And I'm also going to give you power. We can expect it. The apostles, Acts 4.30, 4.33, they had power to do miracles. Stephen, who was not one of the apostles, had power to do miracles. God wants to give us power. And we can expect that He wants to do that. Now we might have to go in and say, God, what's, what's hindering it? This is a good, good seeking God. I don't want your power, God. I just want your power. We get rebuked for that. But boy, if we get our, get our hearts right, He wants us to walk in power. We can expect that. We can expect to stand against the enemy. 
In Ephesians 6.13, it says that we can expect that when the day of evil comes, we will be able to stand. The devil has too many heydays in our lives. And he has too many days of victory. He never, he never wins the war. But he has too many days of victory. We need to begin to take that back and expect to be able to stand against the enemy. Sometimes that's all it is. We just need to begin to stand firm in that faith. It's not in us. It's in God. No, God. You said, I'm going to be able to stand against the enemy. Enemy, you can't come in. I recognize this, this scheme and I'm going to stand against it because I have faith. I'm in Your Word. I've got the armor of God in place in my life. I'm going to stand firm. Church, we can expect God to be God and every man a liar. We can expect this Word to be true. We have to get in there and, understand, and read it to find out if there's any if-then clauses in there. There are some things that ain't going to come to pass unless we're faithful to, to do what it says. The you know, Bible says if you're faithful in tithes, I'll pour out a blessing on you. There's an if. It says I, you, can, you can expect that you can raise your children in the way they should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it. But there's a big if in there. Again, this is one of the things that people don't want to tread on. I'm not going to go there. This is not specific so I can say it. You know, a lot of us claim that passage, man. Raise my kids in the way they should go. And when they're old, men, my kids will not depart from God even though we smoke pot at the house, even though we watch R-rated movies at the house, even though we do all these things. I'm standing on the promises of God that my kids won't depart. They're not going to depart from the way you raised them. They're going to smoke pot. They're going <laughs> to... So there's promises that we've got to stand on that are biblical. We've got to go right and say, what does it say? What do I have to... God, what are you looking for? But we can stand on everything. And He's going to see us through to the end. And even when we fall on our face, which I'm really good at doing, He's going to pick us up and we're going to ask forgiveness and He's going to forgive me completely. I pray that you'll do the same. Forgive me as I do things and fail and fail you individually or, or, or say something silly from the pulpit. But hold me accountable. Always hold me accountable. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's walk with each other expecting God to do bigger things, more things in our life than we're, we're allowing. Only according to His will, Lord Jesus. Father, so much in the Word that we can look to say, God, what can we expect from You? Lord, let us get to know You so well that when someone comes up and their life is, is maybe not in the place that it should be, that, that we could know Your heart, Your character, and Your Word well enough that we would never say it out loud. Inside we go, well, what do you expect? You're not living according to the Word of God. Of course your life looks like this. Because we know you. Now, we wouldn't ever say that to them. We would say, let, let me help you and show you the path of life. Let me show you the path of righteous God, but help us to know your character, your person. Help us to know your words so that we can stand on the promises of God and live our life raised up in expectation of what you want to do. Lord, I pray that we would not hinder you moving in our midst. God, I'm praying these prayers for me. Increase my faith. Lord, increase my boldness that I might walk into a tattoo shop boldly, in love, and say, do you need a miracle today? Because I believe my God may give you a miracle right now. 
Give me that confidence in you that if you choose not to do a healing or a miracle in that moment, that I'll still trust you. Because you are good. Because you are good. Raise our expectation level, God. Lord, help us to encourage one another on in this Christian walk. Help us to walk next to each other and encourage people. We no longer receive the lies of the enemy. We declare that. We will believe you, Lord Jesus. We will believe your word. Let you be true in every man a liar. God, we thank you that we're forgiven. God, we thank you that our salvation is absolutely secure in you and that we can't accidentally lose it. We thank you that you're faithful and you never change. We thank you, God, that you have power for us to walk in. We thank you that you've given us authority over the enemy and that we can stand against the enemy's schemes. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Next week. Next week is our... To be continued, also next week is our barbecue, Cedar Lake, time of baptism. So it, this is your kind of your final thing. If you've never been baptized, need to be baptized, you got to come and talk to you right after service because we've got to make sure you understand what baptism is about. We want to connect you up with somebody who can do that with you if you want to be baptized. Um, but we, we want to all be there because we're going to bring, bring your own meat and a side to share and a chair to sit on. We're going to have the lake open for three hours from 12.30 to 3.30. The barbecue is going to be hot. Gary, and if we get one of the barbecue, barbecue person, they're going to man the grill and they'll cook your food up. And uh, we're going to, but you bring your own meat and a side to share. And also don't forget, be praying, God, what would you have me bring as a gift, as, as an offering, but as a special gift to bless Pastor Jeff. And, and that's, we're going to take a special offering to bless him. So we're under no compulsion. Give as God would have you give if, if it would lead you to do that. We want to 